Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of The Jake and Joe Show. I'm Jake. And I'm Joe. And this is episode 67. 67, Since Jake didn't bother to mention that. I gotta switch it up once in a while. I don't want to be too scripted. No. No. Tradition. Oh, okay. Tradition. We love tradition around here, around The Jake and Joe Show. (laughs) Today's a little exciting. We have a little bit of a special segment plan that we may or may have not done before wink wink speed hint, hint. writing uh, gonna bring that back uh probably gonna do that at the end of the show i think that's what we did last time huh yeah we normally end with speed writing yeah okay and then for our main topic we're gonna talk about the idea of the episodic career so first off let's talk about our weeks uh if there's anything special we'd like to talk about today joe what have you been up to Nothing really this week. Uh, it was a pretty boring week. We didn't even hang out this weekend. No, we didn't. What gives? We hang out every weekend. Yeah, it was uh, a little weird. It- Saturday, I hung out with my uh, parents. I visited with my parents and grandparents. And Sunday, we just had a lazy day. It did feel weird. Sunday, I was like, man, I just, something's missing. And instantly, <laughs> my brain was like, Joe. And I was we like, We didn't oh, hang wow. out. <laughs> <laughs> now I had um, I had a bit of a head cold that I was getting over, so uh, we basically just lazed around all weekend too, and it was much yeah. needed. Um, I've been fighting a pretty bad sore throat for the past I don't know week now, um, and then this weekend it kind of turned into more of like a head thing. So we just mm. lazed around, and didn't do much. Cool. There is one thing that I wanted to talk about because I learned about it for the first time. I think I may have known it before, but. If so, it was a long time ago. Have you heard about the super jets called Concords? Concord jet? I sure have. Yeah, I've never heard about them before. And hold on, I got some facts about them because I, it just kind of like blew my mind. So the Concord jets had a max speed of 1,354 miles per hour. Only 20 were ever built. They ran from March 1969 to October 2003. The total project cost for them was $1.3 billion. They were one of the safest, actually, they were the safest way to travel by air up until 2000 when, as one was taking off from France, I believe, there was some debris on the tarmac that pierced the left tire uh-huh. that ended up flying into the fuel containers yep igniting the entire plane and killing everybody on board yikes yeah so it wasn't even the fault of the jet right but the september 11th attacks in 2001 and the extreme cost of maintenance made them go away in october of 2003 so the con- it was a conquered plane that crashed into the towers no, it wasn't. No, oh. that was just a Boeing. Those were Boeing planes. But oh, it's just it was that, just coincidental. Yeah, no, everybody yeah, yeah. was, for a while, just felt uneasy about right, right. going in, up above. That's crazy to me that in 1969, we were putting something in the air that would carry passengers over 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. In 69. So do you know why this was brought up? I was talking with my dad about Live Aid, the concert in 1985. Right. Um, and he was talking about how Phil Collins went to Wembley Stadium and then took one of those Concord jets and played the same concert in Philadelphia because there were two stadiums that day. Yeah. And uh, it only took him like four hours or so. Wow. 
So, and I was like, how is that possible? And he said, oh, he took a Concord. And then I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so you did some research. Yeah, so I didn't know. And he was telling me about them. And well, my dad was in the Air Force, so he knows quite a bit right. about that stuff. He loves it. Yeah. So I, th- I thought I'd bring that up because I think that's extremely interesting. I mean, 1,300 miles per hour. That's insane. It's like that's pretty quick. It's just above Mach 2. It's Mach 2.1 so fast i thought mach 1 was a thousand miles an hour i don't know when i was looking at the wikipedia page it said uh mach 2.1 but i could be wrong oh i did want to mention one thing about it so a big reason why they're not flying anymore is because it costs so much to maintain and the tickets had to be super high for it to actually be profitable right so this was the cost of a round trip ticket from new york to london in 1997 yeah i was gonna say inflation must have made it insane today yeah so this is well no this is what it was in 1997 okay seven thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars round trip man adjusted for inflation yeah that's easily that's over insane. 10 grand easily man <laughs> i'd say close to two twenty. no one no one would be paying that much it would just yep. i mean no one would <laughs> there's really no reason to do it unless you have to do to go to the other side of the world really quick like phil collins for live aid right that's it keep them around for special occasions only basically yeah basically i wish we'd still do it it's just not profitable at this point other than that um i haven't really gone to bed at 10 <gasps> for the last week or so no no i'm faltering a little bit mostly because it's my break so I just wanted to have fun and let it be an actual break. Yeah. So <laughs> Waste some time. Yeah. Do nothing. I just want to waste some time. <laughs> and honestly, uh, the benefits didn't really seem to, well, benefit me very much. <laughs> so you It think, didn't really help. So you think after break you're going to continue to just stay up like you used to? Or will you still like might, be going to bed earlier? I might do but, it again. Yeah. I might try it again for an extended period of time, maybe for a whole month, yeah. to see if it takes that long to get used to. But, geez, it really didn't help much. I mean, it helped me wake up a little easier. And it, like I mentioned the other day, it helped me like not yawn in class. But I don't know. It's who just, cares? Who cares? Yawn, well, ultimately, <laughs> as long as you know I'm performing just as well. Right. So. We're just completely backtracking on everything we've said in the last few episodes about <laughs> no. bettering yourself and going to bed consistently to have that extra energy and why stay up if you're not accomplishing anything. This week we're like, eh, whatever. Well, I don't know. I think it's important to try these things to see if there's actual benefits. And if there were more benefits to it and I could actually feel them and see them more, then I probably would keep doing it, but... Speaking of trying things to see if there's benefits, there was something that I was considering trying for a week. Yeah. But I don't know if I could do it on my own. No, no, no. I oh, want I to be able to do it on my own. You don't know what it is. Yeah, I do. How do you know? Because we've talked about it. No, this is not the, This is not that thing. This is, is a different thing. Oh, is this it? This is something I just was looking into last night. Okay. So... I saw this motivational video or whatever on YouTube that I got sucked into where this guy took a cold shower every day for a month. Really? And he mentioned briefly in the beginning of the video how there's like a bunch of health benefits and stuff to doing that. But he wasn't doing it for the health benefits. He was doing it for the uh, what's called 
beating the flinch. And maybe that's a topic for another episode that we could get into. But I decided that if I was going to try it, I would be doing it for the health benefits. So I looked into it and apparently cold showers can help uh, your metabolism and it can help you burn more fat. Oh, by kind of like how people say if you drink a bunch of cold water right in the morning, it'll jumpstart your metabolism. Right. And there's there's been some studies done and stuff where people who have taken cold shower every day for a year have lost like an additional 10 pounds in a year comparatively. Now, I know hmm. that's not a ton, but I mean, that's still a significant amount for a small change. And in the video, I mean, I know it's, it is a small change, but it doesn't feel like it would be like taking cold showers is not easy um yeah but in the video where he did it every day for a month by like third week it was easier for him there was that initial like jolt of oh man this is cold but once you're in that temperature of water for like 30 seconds to a minute your body acclimates and you get used to it and it doesn't feel cold (laughs) he actually said there were some there were certain uh showers that he took where the water actually felt warm, even though it was just cold water. So I think I'd be interested to try it and see, aside from the fact that it might help with my, you know, goal to lose a little weight. Yeah. It will help me wake up in the morning and give me that like jumpstart in that, you know, that give me the morning burst of energy that I desperately need in the morning. (laughs) That's what I was going to say is that the most immediate effect I would think would be just feeling awake. Just like jumping into a, the ocean when it's colder than you expect it to be. Right. You instantly feel like, whoa, I'm awake now. Yeah. Sobers you up. Yeah. Like, I think like normal like cold water in most homes is like 50 to 60 degrees. Dang. So that's pretty cold. But I mean, you can go swimming in a swimming pool in the summer that's in the 60s and that's not mm-hmm. that horrible. So I think it's something that I would like to try. I don't know. I, I, I'm still undecided. I think it could be cool. But at the same time, I really look forward to a hot shower in I the know. morning. <laughs> That's rough, dude. That about wraps that up. I mean, I got nothing else to say if you don't, so... Nope. <laughs> I, I sure don't. I wasn't going to stop there, and I saw you get close to the mic, so I figured I'd give you a second to say <laughs> what was on your mind. Let's move on into Song of the Week. All right. What'd you bring for us this week? What I have this week, it's called uh, Sunday Best by valiant vermin and i was instantly drawn to it because of just the instrumental background music and well you'll see it just gets it gets really pumped up and it makes you want to move so here's 30 seconds of that I think that um, our first video episode should be us dancing like an 80s exercise. To that song. To that song, like with, what's his name, Richard Simmons? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Richard Simmons' athletic wear on oh, and stuff like man. that. It'd be awesome. Get ourselves some leotards. Yeah, and like three-pound dumbbells. I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so I just I just really liked the way that song 
made me feel as I was listening to it. It's, it's just funky, it's like, fresh, it's upbeat. It's fun. It's got the '80s feel. Yeah. So what? How about you, Joe? What do you got for us this week? My song of the week is a throwback to the mid 2000s when frosted tips were all the rage Mm -hmm. when all it took to be a star was four of your homies and some electric guitars and just some solid beats some solid boy band beats and a lot of edge oh yeah you got you had to be so edgy to make it in the mid 2000s the name of this track is Right Now by SR71. Now, you may or may not have heard of SR71, but you should have. You might have heard of another popular band around this time period. Uh, that They went by the name Bowling for Soup. Yes. They did the song 1985. I was going to say St- uh, Stacy's Mom, but that's Fountains of Wayne. That's Fountains of Wayne. I always mix them up. <laughs> Uh, they they did a few other songs, but their most notable song was 1985. You could say that's the reason that they were popular. Yeah. Well, it turns out that they did not write 1985. Mm. In fact, they were not the first band to perform 1985. They took it from SR71. No kidding. 1985 is originally SR71's song, and if you go listen to their version of it, the verses and the lyrics are very different. Their version of the song is less family-friendly than Bowling for Soup's version. Bowling for Soup took it and made it more radio-friendly, so they were able to popularize it a little more than SR71 mm-hmm. popularized their version. Uh, this song, right now, was the theme song for an Xbox game called Splashdown. I don't know if you've oh, heard of that game. I've Splashdown of- was a jet ski racing game that I put in an unhealthy amount of hours as a kid. I played that game front to back over and over and over again. And this was the theme song. So it would come on every single time that you started the game up. And it's not like they use just like the verse and the chorus. They use the, the whole song. song. Oh, really? So every time you'd boot the game, the entire three and a half or th- three minute song in this case played. And they just had clips of like the riders racing on their jet really? skis. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's a full-blown endorsement. So I would uh, rock out to this song whenever I'd play that game. So it's got some nostalgia there for me. Mm-hmm. So here's 30 seconds of Right Now by SR71. What'd you think of that? I think it was pretty cool, man. I don't recognize the song at all, but no. I did recognize SR71 sounded familiar, but I don't think I'd ever heard any of it. SR stands for State Route. Oh, okay. But they didn't go by that. They went by SR. Oh, all right. That's probably where the confusion is. You're probably very familiar with State Route 71, the band, right? Yeah, that's you know what it is. know all about them. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But anyway, they were ripped off by Bowling for Soup. I hate Bowling for Soup. Just kidding. I actually really like them. They were another band that I listened to a ton uh, when I was around this age. Um, I'm surprised I haven't done one of them as one of my songs of the week. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's due and it'll be coming up. All right. Sounds good. They'll be a good candidate for a song of the week because no one knows any of their songs besides 1985. And I know quite a few. Good. Bring them. 
So we're going to transition this bad boy right into the main topic of the day, the episodic career. What does the episodic career mean? Because you gave me this topic idea a few days ago, and I didn't do any research or anything on it because I wasn't sure what it was or what I should even be like taking notes on. So I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's not a general thing like we've been doing for a while. Right. So I just came across this while I was doing some research on a previous episode. So there was a woman, I don't know if she's a doctor or not, so really bad on me for not figuring this out beforehand, but her name is Farai. She's a doctor today. She's a doctor. You know what? Let's do it. I'd rather overstate her than understate her. She's a doctor. Well, this idea is by Dr. Farai Chidea. You didn't tell me you were bringing a doctor's uh, idea. She's right here. I'll let her in. Actually, hold on. Farai? Farai? Yeah, yeah. Just step in. All right. She didn't want to Go on. uh, Have a seat. (laughs) Take take a seat, Farai. Yes, um... (laughs) Thank you for having me here on the show. So convincing. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> so uh, she... I, why are you talking <laughs> about me in the third person? I'm right here. <laughs> it's funny that we are like, want to play... We want to play it safe and say, oh, she's doctor. <laughs> but then we're doing this. <laughs> Assuming that she talks like this. Because she's a girl. <laughs> well, this is my girl voice. So live with it. So... For I was doing a lot of research after 2008, after the financial crisis, the recession. She was a victim of that. She worked for, I believe it was NPR, and then got laid off during that recession and then did some more journalism elsewhere. This doesn't sound like a doctor to me. She, okay, no, maybe she's just a journalist. She's a doctor journalist for I today. <laughs> a doctor journalist. All right. So she talked to a lot of people, a lot of millennials, Gen Xers, boomers, and found that this, she called this age after 2008, the age of disruption, where a lot of people uh, like Gen Xers who were made to believe that their career path was very linear, all of a sudden had to make a a change. They had to leap elsewhere and they didn't know what to do because all your life you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we have this idea from the time we can even form thoughts that we have to find one thing we want to do and stick with it. But now more than ever, she's finding that we kind of have what's called micro careers where we're doing something for work, but that's not really all that defines us. Previous generations, that's kind of what has defined them is what they're doing for work and they prided themselves on working like 50, 60 hours a week doing this one thing. But especially with the millennial generation, they're doing a lot of different things. And it really hit home because I've had like six or seven jobs right now and they're all totally different. I've done shipping and receiving, uh, retail, truck driving, all kinds of things like that. And I still want more. I still want to do something creative with you, like this podcast. And it's just, it's it's very different. I can definitely see what you're saying. I think the reason for the difference between our generation and past generations is the economy. And I know you mentioned that 
that's like what she kind of started with yeah. doing research on. The, the older generations, they could find a career that would continually increase their pay and their benefits would be good throughout their entire life. So they could afford to stay with one company. Whereas our generation today, I mean, the cost of living is going up and the rate of pay is not. It's there, not. That, that gap is widening. So we have to be more open and more ready to jump from career to career based on where we're financially at. I mean, right now, the job that I'm doing, programming, is what's working for me. But five, ten years down the road, it might not be what's economically viable anymore. I might have to find something else. I might need to find something different. Right. And that goes along with something I kind of brought up a minute ago with how we always ask our kids what they want to do what's the one thing they want to do so like for you you're a programmer what we should do is that start asking our kids like what are the five things that you want to do and then this isn't me saying this this is what uh, farai was mentioning that we should kind of instill it in our kids from a very young age that you should embrace all the skill sets you have so instead of trying to find all your skills combine it into one thing as we've done previously, you can kind of take all your skills and, and spread them out among different micro careers, different little like part-time jobs if you need to, and figure out what's best for you and move on. Another thing I should mention, I failed to mention it at the beginning, is she defined the episodic career with two types. One is called the hopscotch career. That is having a series of seemingly unrelated episodes that don't always seem like each other. Episodes being kind of chapters in your life where you're doing a certain job. And there's also a slash career, which means that you have a bunch of different careers simultaneously. Like you're a professional programmer, hobbyist, podcaster, where you're trying to make money. Does that ring a bell? Or... Uh, <laughs> not for me personally, no. no. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that for sure. It's funny that you mentioned that there are two types. Uh, you said hopscotch and then slash. Is that what you said? Yeah, the slash. It's just called the slash career. I would consider myself more of a hopscotch person, like jumping from thing to thing. Yeah, me too, big time. But that's what I'd consider myself, but that's not what I'm doing. Right now, I'm in like the slash phase, like where mm. I've, I've been working this job for four years now and doing this podcast for, has it been two years now? So yeah, like I'm doing, I mean, not that this podcast is an income by any means. I mean, we don't make any money doing this. Nope. It's definitely just a hobby, but I'm not doing the whole hopscotch thing where I'm jumping from career to career. I, w I think I would like to because I would get to experience more and do more things um, but that's just I guess not where I'm currently at mm. and I wish I had time to read more into this uh, because she has a whole book on this concept and I'm wondering if inside it she talks about how the mentality behind jumping jobs is is that there's a very negative stigma about it right if you were to apply to a job and they see that you are a hopscotch type person, they may they might think, oh, they're just going to leave us too. So who's to say that, you know, they don't work for us for two years and then decide to jump ship? And I guess that's understandable, but I think the mentality has to kind of shift away from that. Right. Either that or businesses just have to be more appealing. 
I think it also depends on the field in which you work as well. Yeah. Uh, information technology, IT, it's very common for people to jump from job to job. Like I mentioned earlier, pay doesn't seem to be keeping up with the cost of living. So what happens a lot of times when you work in IT is that you'll get a job and they'll give you your rate of pay or mm-hmm. whatever. And then you can work there for 10 years and you might be making like 4 or $5 more an hour at the end of those 10 years than when you first started. Or you could work there for two or three years and then use that experience and look for another place of employment that's willing to offer you more now, more than you would be making in the 10 years that you stayed at the one place of employment. So I really think it depends on your career path. If you're a carpenter and you do carpentry work and you build houses and that type of thing, you're not really going to gain monetarily by jumping from company to company. Chances are if you work for ABC Construction and then you go work for XYZ Construction, they're going to be offering you similar pay to what you were making before. Uh, Because a carpenter's a carpenter. Not to belittle carpenters by any means, but like if you've been building a house or building house... Building houses for two or three years isn't the same as building experience in the IT field for two or three years. Right. Because carpentry doesn't really change as much as IT does. IT is completely different two years down the road it totally than it is. was two years in the past. Yeah. Things change so fast in that field that you have to be able to adapt. Right. Very good point. I think another difference between this generation and previous generations is I've, I've read this recently in the news that people going into trades... It's at an all-time low. And I think that's because past generations who did go into trades raised their children to go to college. And if Mm -hmm. you're going to college, you're not going to be considering a trade because you've paid to go to college. You want to use that degree to get a job in your field. Right. So people aren't considering trades nearly as much as they used to. And trades by nature encourage like sticking with it. Like when you become an electrician, you're an apprentice electrician for like the first five years you do the job. Mm -hmm. You're not even a quote unquote technician till like you're five or six years in. Yeah, a certain amount of hours. Right. Those trades encourage working the same job for a long period of time. That's what our parents, that's what our grandparents were doing. They were like, no, don't do this. Go to college, get an education, get a degree. You'll make Mm -hmm. more money. And I think that we might actually start to see a shift back towards trades because personally myself i was always pushed i mean i wouldn't say pushed my parents were very like you know supportive of whatever i did right but they encouraged college and i think everyone in my life basically encouraged college. definitely yeah i was fortunate enough that i went to kvcc I went to a community college and I walked away with a degree without owing any money. But there are a lot of people, friends of mine, friends of yours, I'm sure, that walked away from school with fifty, sixty thousand dollars in student loans. Yeah. That's not needed. You don't need a degree. It's an important thing to have, but you don't need it in this day and age. Right. I would almost be inclined to encourage my kids to go into a trade because first of all, I feel like working in a trade would be super rewarding. I've considered becoming a lineman many, many times because I think that type of physical labor where you're out making a difference and helping people and impacting, you know, how people live their day-to-day lives. That's true. It's it's very rewarding in so many different ways. Right. And why wouldn't I encourage my kids to do that? You can make a good living doing Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And since there's so few people going into trades right now, they're in high demand. 
Mm-hmm. You can't really go wrong with a trade. I mean, if it's something you hate, then by all means, don't do it. Go to college, get a degree in what you want to do. Right. Ultimately, absolutely. Right. If, if you have an idea of what you want to do, absolutely chase it, but do your research first. And I think that there are a lot of people who might feel like me at the in, in our there age is. group. There's a lot of people who would say to their kids, do what not a lot of people are doing i mean i don't know I, that's that's just how i feel yeah there's a little bit of a movement going on i think i don't know if it originated in like the libertarian field of politics but that's where i'm seeing it from because i have a good friend who is part of that scene and i've seen her comment and post several times about how community colleges should be back on the rise and people should really be thinking about at the very least starting in a community college and then going to a university. And even though we definitely don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, that is one thing I wholeheartedly agree with. So I agree with you there too, um, that you should absolutely go, even though this wasn't your main point, you should go to a community college to at least get an idea of what you want to do so that if you decide, hey, this isn't for me, then, well, you're out a couple thousand dollars instead of realizing, hey, this isn't for me. I'm out $50,000 or something. (laughs) And uh, KVCC that you went to and I'm going to right now, it's relatively inexpensive. It's mainly a trade school. I think what I'm doing and what you did is considered a trade, isn't it? I don't believe so. No? It can be, I think, if you go for like more of the physical applications, Mm -hmm. like actually like installing network equipment and like going in and running wire and that type of thing like i normally think of trades as like hands-on stuff that you learn through experience of like doing versus Mm. learning instead of learning okay that makes sense i mean maybe that's off base it's just that kvcc is typically a trade school right and they do offer a lot of trade programs they offer like the lineman program they offer welding they offer electrician work and that Mm. type of thing so they do a lot of trades absolutely and if anyone's listening to this that is lives in the area and has been thinking about going back to school, I highly recommend KVCC. Use our referral like, code, Jake I, and Joe Show, for <laughs> 75% off your first class. <laughs> I That would be a huge discount, man. <laughs> I know. We'd have some serious... Uh, Listeners? What's the word? Yeah, no, influence. Hey, um, KVCC, hit us up. <laughs> but seriously, check it out. I mean, Joe had a great experience going there. And I have had an amazing experience, especially compared to, not to crap on them, but SMCC. I was a lot younger, but it it didn't seem nearly as supportive, and it was way more expensive than KVCC was. So I would like to point out that you should have air-quoted go there, because I quote-unquote went there, but I did everything for my PC at home. Oh, I yeah, did you can do as online many too. online classes as I could, so right. I didn't really go there. I went there for a few classes like my first semester, and then after that I never... The last point back to the episodic career I'd like to bring up is that Farai said the best thing to do to find these little jobs is to network. Now, I thought this would be a pretty good conversation because for the longest time, I had the idea of if you're working your contacts, if you're networking, I felt that was very socially manipulative and fake. I've come to realize that a little of that is necessary and you can avoid being fake. You, you can still be your real self and be upfront and honest with your intentions. But I, did, I just wanted to know what you thought about networking for a job. 
I think that using your contacts is absolutely vital in in the IT field in general. Mm. Who you know gets you jobs. I think anywhere. Do you have have a LinkedIn? No. For those listeners who don't know, LinkedIn is basically a social media platform for people looking for work. You create a profile and you actually like attach your resume to it. And companies who are looking for people can go out and look at your LinkedIn profile and they can see like past work history where you've worked, like your experiences. They can see your resume. They come to you. Right. And an important part of LinkedIn is what they call, I believe they call connections. And anyone that you've worked with, you need to ask them, do you have a LinkedIn? Can I connect with you? Because that the bigger network that you have on LinkedIn, the more likely it will be that a company will find you and want to hire you for work. And it's very important in this field. So if, if I was a company that knew a professor, I'd say I'd look for that professor and see who they're connected with for Basically, students maybe. Yes. And say, okay, you know, how about this kid? How is he? Yeah. Or she? And is this someone that I would want? And it helps you a lot find people that you might know by like, you know, you give them where you live, not specifically, <laughs> but like your zip code. And they'll it'll look for like, say you put in that you went to KVCC from this these years. Right. Yeah. Someone else has that. It might realize, okay, these two people might have gone to class together. You might know this person. And you just make connections and stuff like that. Very cool. And you build your LinkedIn profile and it can help you find work down the road. I wish... That when I was in school, when I was going to KVCC, I wish that one of my computer teachers would have told me to set up a LinkedIn profile then. Because I could have made connections with my peers and my teachers then that would help me have a more full profile now. Mm. I have one, but it's very bare bones. I've only really had one or two IT jobs outside of school. So I haven't had a chance to build a lot of connections. I would recommend for you, since you're still in school, that you make a LinkedIn and you start to like, I don't know, if there's people you sit next to in class, ask them, hey, do you have LinkedIn? Do you use it? That type of thing. I really think it's vital. Uh, What's interesting is that you say this in last week, Bill, who's the head of this entire program, recommended LinkedIn and said that he has one and that he thinks it's a pretty important thing to... A teach having like your professor yeah. as a connection would be so beneficial because if you establish that connection, he's more likely to remember you as a student. He has hundreds of students that he's likely not going to remember as soon as the semester's over. Mm. But if you've made that connection and you've made it a point to talk to him face to face and be like, "Hey, you mind if we connect on LinkedIn? Can I use you, you know, as a reference down the road or something like that?" And he says yes. That's nothing but beneficial to you. Yeah. And that's not abusing a relationship or no, a friendship in any way. That's what I'm trying to, to realize. Just for the longest time, I, I just thought it was very manipulative and fake social climbing. You know, that's basically what it is. But, or what I thought it was, so you had to correct myself. If you're doing it for, for a job, everyone should know that who you know is very important. So they, they know what your goal is and it's not using someone else. And they're they're likely going to be doing the same thing you're doing. And that's what you have to keep in mind. It's not like they have a LinkedIn profile and they haven't like gone to other people to make connections and that type of thing. They're doing the exact same Mm -hmm. thing. So you're building that network of people who can help you get work. I know someone uh, specifically, I know, I think he's been listening to the podcast this season, uh, Justin. I think he's been listening. Yeah. Like my, Um, well, our friend, but yeah. Yeah. Last summer, uh, when we went out to Jordan's camp, yep. 
he and I stayed up till like it was it had to have been like three or four in the morning around the campfire just talking IT. And he works for a company in Augusta that was looking for someone. And he said that if I gave him my resume, he would pass it along to his supervisor and get me an interview. So that was like an immediate connection. I didn't know him very well at the time. I think that was either the Probably first the, it was or, the first time. I think I met him. We all went out to eat or something once. And I met him right. in passing for like, I don't know, half hour or something yeah. like that. But that was really the first time that I'd hung out with him. And even just that one encounter with someone else who worked in the field, mm-hmm. I had a connection and he was going to, you know, pass my resume on to someone who could potentially get me a job. It didn't end up working out, but at least I made that connection. And I just, I see, I see that as being so vital because that one opportunity led me to a potential job. Mm. So if you have 10 or 15 people or even more than that, 30 or 40 people, that's, you know, you're sitting on, right. You're sitting on a potential gold mine of different work that you can do. Yeah. I think you inspired me to make a LinkedIn tonight. You should do it. We can add each other as a connection. Yeah, man, we're going to add so much credibility (laughs) to each other's lives. (laughs) All right. So uh, I guess we'll, we'll end with a question there. Do you consider yourself someone who has an episodic career? And I'd like to know what you think about that and what the, do you think there's any negative stigma about that right now? If you're about to have kids or you have kids, how are you going to like teach them like as they grow up? Like, are you going to teach them that they need to go to college and get a degree and work in one field for the rest of their lives? Or are you going to encourage them to maybe go into a trade or something like that? Something where they can gain experience through work. Right. I mean, there's different avenues. I mean, and it's not going to work for, there's no one size fits all for any, for everyone. Absolutely. So, and if you agree with us about the whole community college slash trade school route, Let us know if you disagree. Let us know why. So that about wraps up that segment of our show. Let's go into something that I'm very excited for and that we haven't done since last season. Mm. And last season for us is like... It was a year ago. A year ago. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're going to do some speed writing. For those of you who did not listen last season, this is your first season with us. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Yes. We hope you go back and listen to our catalog. We... Hope you enjoy all those episodes. But if you have not, speed writing basically works like this. Jake and I, we take out our phones and we employ some Google Foo. And we go out onto the internet and we find a writing prompt that we both enjoy. And a writing prompt can be anything. It can be one sentence. It can be three or four sentences. It's basically anything that sets us up to write a story. So then we take off for 15 minutes and we go and we furiously write a short story in 15 minutes time. We come back and we read those stories. Basically every single time that we've done this in the past, our stories have been nothing alike. There might be a few similarities here and there, but you and I always take yeah. it in very different creative directions. And I remember thinking originally, I was like, oh no, I hope, because uh, we think similarly in a right, lot of situations. Right. Oh, I hope our stories don't end up the same. So we have a lot of fun with this. Oh, um, man, yeah. I know I'm not an amazing writer. Jake, tends to be a better writer i i don't know why you say that though i because Because i honestly do a really good job (laughs) i honestly don't feel like my writing is as good as yours but anyway we have fun with it we like to see what stories we can come up with and we've heard from our listeners that they enjoy it too so (laughs) we're very excited to bring this back for the first time this season yeah uh without further ado the writing prompt for this week's episode is it's 3 a.m an official phone alert wakes you up it says Do not look at the moon. You have hundreds of notifications, 
Hundreds of random numbers are sending. It's a beautiful night tonight. Look outside. All right, so we're going to take 15 minutes, no more, no less. I set a timer on my phone. Mm-hmm. And we will figure this out. We're going to do it for the first time in about a year. Let's see what we can come up with. Yikes, I'm nervous. We'll be back in the blink of an eye for you. 15 minutes for us. See you on the other side. All right, we are back. How did that feel? That was awesome, man. I you mean, I just it? I just told you, but I want to tell the listeners right now. There was uh, something that I wanted to do in my story, and I was running out of time, and Joe was right next to me. He was like, I have a minute and 30 seconds left. He's like, 30 seconds left. I was furiously typing, and I hit the last period when he's like, time's up. <laughs> it was perfect, yeah. perfectly timed. It was great. I felt great, man. Uh, I was a little worried that I was dragging on too long. I wanted uh-huh. to get to like the main conflict. Yeah. But uh, I, I did it just in time. So what? So how did you feel? I don't like mine very much. <laughs> Okay. Um, we talked about it a little bit before we wrote Bird Box just came out recently, the yeah. movie, and it's a very yeah. similar premise to this. So I wanted to like make sure I didn't like glean from that at all. So I tried to keep it very different yep. and I don't really think I like how it turned out. So I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to read my crappy story first and then you can read your good story after. All right. So naturally I want to look at the moon. Like who wouldn't imagine yourself in my shoes. You're looking at the moon, aren't you? You're immediately going to your window, throwing the curtains open and looking outside. Don't lie. I haven't yet. I've resisted the urge. So here I am, huddled under the blankets on my bed, typing this out on my phone. What? Don't judge. This could be the end of the world. Or at least my world. I want to document this. Maybe whoever inhabits this planet after us finds my phone and realizes, Hey, humans weren't half bad. They grab my DNA or something and reincarnate me. I don't know how it works. All I'm saying is that it can't hurt to write down the events that unfold. Ew, events that unfold? Am I a high school English teacher or something? Anyway, so here I am, minding my own business. I'm up later than I should be, I know, and my phone starts blowing up. People hitting me left and right. Look outside. Look at the moon. The moon is so beautiful tonight. Look up. Normally I'd be like, okay, and do it. (laughs) But I haven't because of a notification from the POTUS. For any aliens reading this, that means President of the United States, that says, do not look at the moon. Ironically, that should make me want to look at the moon even more, right? Like, I don't necessarily love the guy. He's made a few questionable choices that I disagree with, so naturally, I want to look at it, right? But I don't. I find myself trusting him for some unknown reason. You know, maybe I should look. It can't be that bad. I mean, so many of my friends and family have looked. They wouldn't mislead me, right? They have my back. They'd only do what's best for me. Yeah, I'll take a quick peek. Three seconds tops. I'm limiting myself. It can't hurt. (laughs) Okay, so I should not have looked at the moon. What on earth, or should I say moon, is going on? So I look up, and there's this thing. I don't know how to explain it. It was like engulfing the moon or something. It was eating it. I only looked for three seconds. I kept my word. But in that time, I felt something weird inside me. Something bad. Okay, new plan. I need to see if anyone else is staying clear of looking at the moon. BRB. Texted everyone in my phone. Now we wait. So, it's been like 10 minutes and no one has texted me back. Maybe I should look again. Another quick peek. Alright, this is bad. The moon is gone. I repeat, the moon is gone. (laughs) There is no more moon. I think whatever that was ate it. If it ate the moon, what if it comes to eat us? Oh man, this is bad. This is very bad. Okay, so another new plan. 
I have this toy rocket in my closet that I haven't used since I was a little kid. If there's going to be any chance of the history of the human race being preserved, I gotta get my phone off this planet before that thing eats us. So, I'm outside now. The rocket is set up, and oh boy, things aren't looking good. It's pretty dark because there's, well, no moon, but that thing is coming for us. I can see it getting bigger and bigger in the very dark sky. I'm sure of it. It's coming to eat us. So I guess this is it. I guess I just have to time this right. I'm going to attach my phone to the rocket, and when I think that thing is close to us, I'm launching it sky high. Hopefully it gets far enough off the surface that whatever is about to eat us doesn't eat my phone too. This is it, I guess. Blast off in three, two, one. <laughs> That's cool. So you didn't make the whole looking at the moon a hypnotic thing? No, I didn't want to because I but know... It, okay. I, I didn't want to fall into the... the the, I don't know. Well, I feel I was, like there's a recent stereotype because of the movie yeah, that came out. I was so. just confused because, like, I, I, if everyone else was saying, oh, my word, look at the moon, then I thought that it would have to be something that would trick you into looking at the moon. Right, right. And you'd be scared about it. But what makes sense to me is that it's um he only looked at it for three seconds. Yep. That was pretty cool, though. I like the idea that something's eating the moon and coming right to you. <laughs> it's it's funny that you assumed that it was a he when in my head, as I was writing it, I was thinking girl. That's interesting. I didn't. You, you I choose didn't, female characters too, and I didn't. Games. I didn't like specify. I kept it gender neutral because I didn't. It didn't matter what the gender you of know, the character was. You know, I'd still was. be your friend if you wanted to be a transgender. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks, Jake. All Having right. your support means a lot. Yeah, I also like the story uh, or the part where you uh, decided to launch your phone with a rocket at the last possible minute. That yeah. was actually pretty funny. Get it off the earth. So, like, just enough. So now it's just, like, in space. Right. That's the only chance. Yeah. That's the only chance. aliens would see it. That was pretty cool. I like it. Well, thanks. I didn't think it was very good. I didn't feel like it was coming together. Like, when I started writing it, I didn't have the end in mind. Mm. like i didn't really so know where like, i was going yeah but once about halfway through i'm like okay i know where i'm taking this it was fast paced yeah. and that's not a bad thing it's just you could tell that it was you were inside minutes. that person's head <laughs> right you know like what is going on what do i do and right she's decisions. just like or he she or he <laughs> is just typing things down on their phone as it like pops into their head because yep. they're doing things quickly and not drawing out and explaining a lot mm -hmm. so <laughs> well Glad you liked it. Let's yeah. uh, move to you. What do you got for us? All right. I'm excited. So I looked you, up. You're really excited. So yeah, I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. I mean, I hope so. I, I, have a bad, <laughs> I have a bad habit of talking things up. So I actually looked up when the next full moon was going to be. And it's March 20th. So I started this story off by saying March 20th, 2019. I remember sleeping rather restlessly throughout that night being woken up by faint sounds in the distance or scrapes against my apartment building. Sometimes people would be loudly speaking in the apartments below me. In my half-awakened state, I didn't have the opportunity to get frustrated, so I drifted back to sleep as fast as I could. It was 3 a.m. on my phone when its vibration woke me up, this time for good. I squinted down at the screen to see I had several notifications. Fearing the worst, I clumsily grabbed at my nightstand in hopes of grabbing my glasses. After taking a moment to adjust my eyes to the dim light, my fears were proven false, or so I thought at first. That's when I began really paying attention to the noises outside. There were so many of them that it didn't occur to me that this wasn't normal for 3 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. 
I knew something big had went down, and I thought maybe these messages would tell me what it was. Looking back at my phone, the notification that woke me up was one of those official alerts that everyone gets when there was some kind of emergency. It read, DO NOT LOOK AT THE MOON, in all caps. My heart started pounding as my confusion grew. I realized that the rest of the notifications were all text messages from numbers I had never seen before. Not a single one was from someone registered in my contacts. What was even more disturbing, however, was the content of each message. They were all identical. It's a beautiful night tonight. Look outside. Still laying in my bed, heart pounding, I listened to the noises from outside. There were screams of agony that turned to outcries of absolute bliss. The only thing I could think of in that moment was that this is what it would sound like to be in an insane asylum from the 50s. It was at this point I realized my girlfriend was no longer in bed with me. I had been so consumed by the fear, confusion, and semi-consciousness of just waking up, I hadn't realized there wasn't a body next to me. Being careful not to look at the sky, I peered through the curtain of my third-story apartment at the parking lot below. Several tenants I recognized were strolling around, dancing in the moonlight, celebrating some unknown thing like we had just won a world war or something. I recognized a guy from the apartment below me being dragged from the main door by two others. They were being careful not to hurt him, but being forceful enough to make him move against his will. Everyone outside gathered around him and excitedly pointed up at the unnaturally illuminated night sky, urging him to look up. After several minutes of screaming his lungs out, he was finally forced to look. Instantly, those screams turned to shrieks of laughter and happiness as he began embracing the others, who were all surrounding him jumping up and down. I heard a creak in the floor at that moment and felt small arms around my waist. I recognized them as my girlfriends. Hey babe, I'm glad you're up. It's super nice outside. You have got to see that moon. Her grip tightened. That was really good. I love the ending especially. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. I wanted the girlfriend to come back, obviously. Right, right. But I feel like it has it's extra scary because she's already grabbing onto you. Right. And she's behind you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. I Yeah, that was that was the conventional route though. It was that was the obvious route. No, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the conventional route to me would be like they look at the moon and like they die or something. Oh, but yeah. like they look at the moon and they're feeling like bliss and happiness and who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's up there? Who knows what the moon is doing? <laughs> I never told you what it was. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I liked it. Good story. Yeah, thanks. Glad we did that again. Yeah, I definitely missed this segment and we should definitely work it into a few yeah. more episodes this season for sure. Let's do it. That about wraps up the show this week, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We enjoyed this one. Uh, I, I know going into it that neither of us were feeling like incredibly enthused about the content, but I think we turned it into a good conversation yeah. and we hope that you enjoyed and we hope that you interact with us and converse with us. So that about does it. I guess we will catch you back here next week for episode 68. This is Joe not signing off quite yet because the people <laughs> need one wise word, Jake. Ethereum. Ethereum. A digital currency yeah. that falls alongside Litecoin and Bitcoin, invest. That's the message. If you don't want to work in a hopscotch career or a slash career, you need to invest now and make your millions before you're 30. That's right. Buy six 1080 Ti's and a mining rig and make $42 a day. $42 a day. You can do it. That's about it, guys. Catch Have you next week. week. See you later.